Hello everyone and welcome to London's Prince and this is episode 7. I have to apologize for my voice, it's a little off. I've been feeling a little under weather um, and I think I caught a cold from my son. I swear as soon as kids start school, it's back to getting sick and it's possibly the flu season. Weather's changing um time has changed so we're in this transition now and i'm really excited about this month of november however today is episode seven and i am going to be talking about the topic of love fearlessly not just love fearlessly but being unapologetically happy this topic is truly um interesting and because of the situations that I'm actually going through right now in my life I'm in such a transition there's so much stuff shuffling around and I have some negative stuff in my professional life where I feel like things are shifting um and in my position that I'm currently working in in the corporate world um I feel really uncomfortable and once you get in that place of uncomfort I'm starting to feel like um, there's some changes that may need to be made. One thing that I've identified with in my journey of becoming this woman that is learning to love herself and being and loving people fearlessly and understanding who I truly am I feel like when you're transitioning, a lot of people from your past are not going to exactly understand or gain that level of respect that you would think they would after a period of time. And what I mean by this is people that may have disrespected you in the past, even when you come into your new person, even when you have evolved and you have gained this level of respect for yourself and you found your self-worth, I feel like a lot of people tried to meet you where you were and not where you are today. And what I'm understanding is I need to leave those people in that same space. So... You also, when you're on this evolutionary path, it's not just your personal life that you take key, um, you really just pay a lot of attention to, is this the right path that I'm on? Am I doing what I need to be doing? Am I feeling fulfilled in things that I'm doing? That's just not your personal life. It also ties into your professional life and you really start to think how Is what I'm doing currently going to contribute to my purpose or it's going to contribute to my growth? And right now I'm currently facing some challenges professionally and I've identified certain things and there's a shift. And I am at the point where I will not apologize for the woman that I've become. The woman that is fearless, the woman that knows her worth, knows what she brings to the table. And I've been denied a lot of times the respect and potentially, you know, the uh, whether compensation for my what I bring to the table. And so what I identified with becoming an author is that I didn't wait for anybody to give me a title this time around. I didn't need anybody's raise. I didn't need anybody's promotion. I promoted myself. I committed myself to learning to love myself fearlessly and to be disciplined, just as disciplined as I am, to bring in the money to pay my bills on a regular basis by going to a nine to five job. So that same commitment I invested in myself and to a lot of people, that can be an intimidating situation. I know what I'm capable of bringing to the table for somebody else's dream. And I've decided to contribute to that um, to myself. And basically with all this little rambling or side rambling that I'm doing right now, I just want people to know that Even if you go on this evolutionary path of self-love and learning to love yourself and um, just gaining this level of understanding of your self-worth, both personally and professionally, you will be fucking tested. 
I don't care how much healing you've done. It's not the fact that maybe you're being tested, but negativity is going to find its way to be around your environment. And I want you to understand, continue to be unapologetically happy. Your worth does not de- is not defined by the position that you've obtained within your current job. Your worth is not determined by the relationship status you are in. Your worth is not determined by the, the title you have as a mother or anything else that it is. Because those are things that can be stripped away from you. I have no fear or attachment to anything within this physical realm because I know me as a person and the asset that I bring, I am an asset. And I have understood that I can create or manifest the things that I need and God has always looked out for me. I see on this journey of all, a lot of my friends that are entrepreneurs, people that are really getting on this path of starting to think like millennials and creating jobs for themselves or situations for themselves that are creating their own wealth or building their own empires. One thing that I'm identifying with is the fact that they do struggle with, they struggle with um, the fear and also the illusion it's kind of like a a, you get kind of nervous because it's like oh well I have the comfort of the past of you know my generations before me my family they worked a regular nine to five job and this is you know comfortable and then they got the you know desire to risk things and start their own businesses it's kind of like this rocky situation And I feel like a lot of people that I know that are currently entrepreneurs, they are currently struggling because their realities are being attacked because they are on this path to wanting more for themselves. And they are being attacked negatively, whether it's by outsiders or people seeing what they're doing or people seeing that they're finally seeing their worth. You will be attacked And in this situation, you continue to build yourself and understand that you will never have to do anything to prove to anyone or wish any bad on anyone because whatever they do to you or all the negative energy that they try to inflict on you, that will be sent back to them in karma. So all my entrepreneurs, all my people that are out there that are dream, um, dreamers, that are goal takers, that are risk takers, that are um, goal driven, um, keep pushing. Your reality right now is just an illusion to get you sidetracked. Today I had a really rough day and I could honestly say I, I could have just said, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to do the podcast, I'm not going to finish it. But I'm taken away from myself in that manner when I gave someone else my energy for eight hours. So just keep this in mind and continue to love fearlessly and be unapologetically happy. So off the side note there, um, and I was being very vulnerable in that aspect, just really giving you guys some insight on my current situation and things that I struggle with and things that I see people struggling with right now that are really trying to create this life for themselves that they deserve. So the reason why I decided to do this topic is because love fearlessly is really important. I really think that in today's society, um, People are content with being savages and all this other stuff. And I think it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of um, strength and courage to love someone or love people fearlessly. Loving people to the point where you might show them something that they don't see within themselves. To have um, the guest that I decided to have today. Um, Her name is Shanette Watson. I met this bubbly, amazing 
young lady while I was deciding to embark on this physical journey and to really work on, you know, my physical health. And she has created a brand called Unapologetically Happy. So after I read through these chapters, um, I actually have three of them for you today. Um, They're very short in London's Prince, but however, they all touch base on the importance of loving fearlessly, spreading love. And if you've ever been in that position of being fearful of your happiness, I want you guys to sit and think on that one. So, like I said, I will later go into the interview with Miss Jeanette Watson. However, I will go into the chapter Fear of Happiness first, and I will tell you guys exactly what I was going through at that moment and what made me actually write this chapter. Sorry, I have to scramble through the pages. Fear of happiness. Have you ever been so happy that it frightens you to the point you would not allow yourself to enjoy the moment? That your soul has become so inclined and receptive to negative energy? I'm a giver, so I have to learn to receive. And as I sat down in my car and evaluated where I was now, as opposed to where I was a year ago, I cried because I realized that God has never failed me. There have been a lot of people who have walked out of my life over the past few years. I decided to hold people accountable as I do so for myself. I asked, what did I do to deserve your mercy? And you reminded me of my heart. Where I was years ago was all a reflection of how I felt about myself. Everything that I have done over the years in regards to accolades is minimal. My true strength lies in me being a fallen soul that stood and rose alone, only to lend my hand to others. I am not bitter. I am better and have learned that my changes have inspired others. I have been hurt and continue to love. I gave life even after it was taken from me. I know this may seem harsh, but fuck anyone who doesn't like the improve me. The one that knows her worth and won't settle for less. Don't take my heart or kindness for a weakness. Shit, after everything I've experienced, I laugh at fear. Because I know once it subsides, I get out of my comfort zone. And happiness will be there to remind me it has been here all along. All that I need is within me. So fear and happiness, I had wrote this because I actually was sitting in my car one day and sometimes we don't even realize it, but we're so distracted by our constant day-to-day basis, like constant activities that we do on a day-to-day basis. And it's like, you know, we really get so distracted, whether it's, you know, with taking care of the kids and going to work and doing the same stuff over and over again on a day-to-day basis that we really don't take the time out to actually really evaluate the space that we're in, where we are, um, how far we've come, and not giving ourselves enough credit. And I guess I was, you know, really taking the time to think about like how far I really came and how proud I was of myself. I am, as you haven't noticed, I mean, if you haven't noticed, um, I don't take time out to actually really sit in my accolades or sit in my achievements. Um, To be honest with you, at one point, it was a part of my codependent behaviors where I felt as though that I wanted to be acknowledged by those that were rejecting me, whether it was my parents or my ex-husband or something. I would do things so that I would want people to notice me and say, you know what? I'm so proud of you. Now, I don't need that. I've learned to give that to myself. And I guess it's because I waited for so long for other people to do so. However, um, I've learned now that it's important for me to sometimes take time off. It's like we continue to keep going, 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 going. Like black women right now, like we are in this position or just women alone um, are becoming like these overachievers. We are, you know, just constantly going, 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 never really taking the time to do some self-evaluating and giving ourselves credit for how far we've come. Sometimes we need to take a break. 
sit with ourselves, whether it's meditation, whether it's prayer. Thank God for everywhere, everything that we've been through and where he's going to place us and everything that, you know, will be in our future. It's important for us to be in the present. And I think that the more we're chasing happiness and not realizing that happiness is right now, um, we will forever be on this chase. And I think that's where society is on that, you know, constant chase to look for happiness when if you don't pay attention to what's around you right now, that's your present. The present is where the happiness is. And it's not reliant on anything else but yourself. And it's a choice. It's a choice to feel that sense of joy, to feel that sense of um wholeness within yourself and just stopping and breathing and paying attention to everything that is around us. We are constantly surrounded by so many gifts and God's blessings, um, whether it's the sun rising or the sun setting, which are two of my favorite things to watch, or the moon, uh, the trees turning colors in fall, the snow, your child laughing. Those are all great reasons to find your simple joy and your happiness. And when you're living in fear of your current happiness, that means you're focused on your future and having this expectation of, you know, the happiness is going to subside. And one thing that I could tell somebody in that situation is that once you focus on the present, and get in that space of your own internal happiness, you'll, reala- you'll realize that regardless of whatever may come to you within your future, that you're going to be okay because you've always been okay. So that was my um, purpose behind fear of happiness. So now I'm going to go into spread love. So I have to scramble through the pages again, guys. Spread love. Spread love right where you are, just as you are. You don't need to be where you want to be. Just be who you are. Our exterior and the way we portray ourselves to society is just the icing on the cake. What makes the cake are the ingredients it took for it to become a cake. I am under construction. What you see on my outside doesn't necessarily mean that I'm as well put together on the inside. I have been physically and emotionally hurt, broken, and felt unworthy of love. Even in despair, the presence of love is always there. Spreading love consists of you giving of yourself. The most interesting aspect of this is that it doesn't cost you a dime. In fact, giving of yourself is an investment. It is an investment to your own path and a seed for your future. What you reap is what you sow. Remind yourself that you are enough and everything you need is within you. Spread love through an act of kindness or a nice gesture. It is an exchange of positive energy that can potentially change someone's life. This was motivated by my speech at the YWCA in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, I was asked by a young lady to come and present or speak in regards to domestic violence. And I will go into my experiences later on in my podcast. However, um, I was inspired to write this because I was proud of myself for the simple fact that I was still willing to give when I felt like I've lost everything. That is deep. When you feel like all love is lost and being capable of still giving and realizing that giving or um, practicing um, in the church tithes, they call it tithes, giving of yourself is a form of tithes, Uh, showing gratitude, saying hello, being kind to people. You don't have to be where you think you're going to be to to be a giver. Sometimes somebody just needs your words, your your 
your just anything. It, it could be your services, something that you're talented at. You don't always have to give money or give certain things. Spread positive energy to other people and understand that you can do it exactly where you are right now. That really reminds people when you can be giving when you don't really have much. That really reminds people of how important they are and how much of an asset that they are. And I had to write this because I felt like I had everything taken from me, that I've been so hurt, that I wasn't worthy or um, I wasn't good enough to stand in front of these women and tell them about my story because I thought maybe I needed to be like Oprah or someone that is, you know, really doing well for themselves. How can I speak to these women when I'm still dealing with these situations myself? Well, guess what? I wrote a book and every word that I wrote in here is also me healing as well. And I'm still learning about these certain particular topics. Every podcast that I deliver, I'm still learning from myself and and with me teaching or or speaking to others. So spread love, spread jo- just joy and really give you to others and you watch how your cup fills up. And I've been using that cup um this whole cup thing because my son has been um, going to school and they have this like bucket filler um, book that they've read. So I've been saying like this cup filler, but yes, allow yourself to give to people to the point that you receive it and it may not come from the same person. It will come from anywhere else, but understand that you can spread love exactly where you are and you don't need anything but yourself. That's very powerful and love fearlessly. Love fearlessly. Don't go through life just assuming someone knows how you feel about them. The anxiety you feel with the thought of expressing your feelings is the same anxiety they feel from you not telling them. Love fearlessly. This was written in regards to someone that, of course, that I um, was interested in. However, this can tie into so many of my experiences um, I know from seeing so many people pass away in my family, um, and how many mem- like family members feel a sense of guilt because they never got to express themselves to that person and now they're gone. And even though I'm well aware that the person is aware that they, they knew how the person felt about them, but why do we feel this sense of Fear behind expressing our true emotions towards someone. I'm learning to be very, um, just being very open and telling people, hey, this is how I feel and reminding people how much I love them because I could be here today and gone tomorrow. And we always think that tomorrow is just, we really, we really need to start thinking otherwise or thinking differently. But everyone thinks that tomorrow is promised and that we are, are just this, these immortal beings. And a lot of people tend to forget that tomorrow is not promised. And loving fearlessly is so courageous. And to all the people that, out th- that are out there, you know, just remember to not go to bed angry. That was one thing I hate, or and I don't ever use that term, but I really despised when I was in a relationship with someone and going to bed and being angry and waking up feeling that same sense of energy when he, that person could have left the house and then we could have gotten into a car accident, whatever it may be. And do you know how much guilt you would have felt Um not being able to really tell that person how you felt about them. Uh, Someone said grief is a form of 
it's like unexpressed love. Like you have this bottled up love that you can't express. And it's terrible. It's a, it's a terrible feeling. And I, even if you have someone that has passed away, you can still express your love to them. Express your love in some form, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through your dreams, whether it is just speaking out loud. If they come to your mind, just tell them, I love you and I miss you. And you'll feel a sense of release or a sense of relief. So loving fearlessly is so important. We really need to take the time out to be courageous and tell our Tell all of our loved ones, even friends, family, or whoever it may be, how much we really do care about them and how, what we truly feel about them. It takes a lot of courage, but do you know you are giving them a gift every time you let them know? And that anxiety that you feel to express that They feel that same anxiety, wondering how much or how you feel about them. And now I will go into the interview with Shanette Watson. Uh, So just to tell you guys a little bit about how I met this young lady, I decided that I needed to start my fitness journey. I was carrying weight that I've carried for a very long time. And to be honest with you, I think it's the weight that I've carried ever since that I was pregnant with my first son. And I made a decision to start working on losing the weight. I didn't know how I was going to go about it. And I have continuously done this whole fluctuating diet um, throughout the years Um, and my weight going all over the place. But anyways, that day I decided I was going to go and spend time in nature and I took a trip down to Fairmount Park in Philadelphia. Um, Absolutely beautiful park. I was walking along the trail and met this tiny little bubbly um, young lady who was unapologetically happy, full of smiles, and that day she was out with her daughter. We got to talking about our businesses and uh, met up a couple of times and I have seen such a growth between the both of us um, in regards to businesses and, and, you know, really just trying to choose a different path for our lives. And so I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay, I would love to. Again, thanks for having me. My name is Shanette Watson by birth, Shanette McNew by marriage. Um, I have a one-year-old daughter. I'm 24 years old, Jamaican native is where I was born and raised. Um, I've lived here for about the past 13 years now. Um, I am currently a stay-at-home mother working and building my empire around my one-year-old, which has been a blessing. I'm also a health and wellness coach, which is how I met the amazing Kiana just out on one of my natural walks in the park (laughs) like I enjoy things like that I enjoy nature I enjoy working out I enjoy good music I enjoy things that just uplifts my spirit challenges my mind and I'm very consistent with being on purpose and intentional with everything that I'm doing and yeah so um Danette has started a business called unapologetically happy and um the reason why I chose her for this podcast is because it's so important for us to learn how to love fearlessly. And I think it all starts with happiness with our, within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so what does being unapologetically happy really mean to you? And what inspired you to create that brand? And what unapologetic happiness means to me is creating a safe space where life circumstances can meet joy. What it means to me is like being completely free and open with the things that I love, with the things that brings me fulfillment and not ever feeling like I need to apologize for it or make adjustments to get approval from anyone. Yes. That's okay. She, she can be in the background. No. 
this girl. Oh, good. Her daddy took her. Awesome. <laughs> yes. So, and, and what inspired so me to... What inspired you? Yeah. I was trying to make sure the noise was going. What inspired me to create this brand was because I always was inspired to be a writer. I just was not sure how I wanted my words to be of enlightenment to the world and bring other people something that they had been missing. And so when I decided that I was going to just start writing on my own without going through the whole process, because I had this idea that I need to go to school, get this degree in journalism before I can get started. And, you know, once I stepped into that world of being an entrepreneur, I created a mindset that I can do this myself. I don't have to do all of that. So I created a, you know, a backsite of a blog page and I thought about it. What did I want it to be called and what did I want my blog and my business to be represented as? And I was on the path of just finding whole life success and happiness, which is what I was creating for myself. So I thought to bring to other people unapologetic happiness because I had learned that I was being unapologetic about how I was living how I was feeling and the things that I was determined to create for myself. And this is interesting that you said that because um, I think the name alone, just unapologetic is like, I feel like a lot of people do feel a sense of guilt Mm -hmm. when they're happy. And, um, you know, from your personal experience, um, did you ever come across people, whether in your family or friends that made you feel that type of way to where you felt like you needed to kind of um, explain your yes. path. Um, I feel like changes, you get that. Yes. Hello? And could you like explain like why yes. or um, oh, actually, like, a as I stated earlier, I was born and raised in Jamaica. So by way of culture, we're taught to, you know, school and education is the way getting the big job with the nice degrees, having the titles is the way to go. Anything outside of that just doesn't make sense. So when I quit working in a hospital, of course, it didn't make sense to a lot of people you know, in my family, but I was happy. And at the moment I felt like it was the right choice to do. And, you know, at first I used to try to hide it or be ashamed a little bit of like really expressing how excited I was about this venture because I felt like it wasn't to their standards or liking. But then the more I started to just really be committed to this and seeing how much people were being touched by my energy, I realized that this was bigger than myself and I couldn't allow what the expectations of my family or their thoughts were about me not having a job and just creating something for myself meant to them. I had to continue to show up for myself and the people that I was now inspiring. That's amazing. And I agree with you. I, to be honest with you, it's funny. And I don't know if you came across this as well, but when you're mm-hmm. going the non-traditional route, you do get so many naysayers, but at some point, did you feel like you were kind of torn because it's like being torn between the old ways and how the people before us managed life and then right. your new path? Like, did you- I'll be honest. The you? only reason I felt torn was the thought of I was becoming a mother and that I wasn't working anymore. So like a stay-at-home mom. Mm. So that was very new for me because from the time I was 16, I was pretty much independent, which I still have my independence, but it's more so it's me and my husband. So that was a big transition for me that had me feeling like, okay, do I want to take this on full-time or do I want to maintain my, you know, own independence as far as finances is that more important and I made a decision that you know being a wife and a mother and building this for my family will be worth more in the long run so after I got over that little phase (laughs) I was you know 100% in it's definitely a sense of comfort 
Um, I think that's why so many people before have, have gotten stuck in that whole, I need to work a job for 20 Yes. Millennials are... And then you touched on a key point. Um, we really need to identify with that. And But when you're choosing to go on a different path, you are going to have people and some people very close to you that may not see your vision. So why do you believe it is important to remain a positive attitude? And can you describe a time where you were at your lowest and how did you overcome that? Um, why I think it's important to remain with a positive attitude is because you're able to accomplish a lot more when you're in a positive and a clear mindset versus when you're reacting off of emotions and negative thoughts. Nothing gets solved in that environment because pretty much we're just acting out of ego and losing our sense of self-control. When you remain positive and calm, you're able to just find the lesson in what's happening. And then in the long run, you're able to recognize what a blessing that situation was for you. Right. right. Um, a low point for me was when I was pregnant and I was working at a car dealership and I was very good at it. You know, I was surprised because it was not something I've ever done before. And I did it and I was really good. And when it came time close for me to have my baby, they told me, you know, if you go out, when you come back, your job will be here. And I was like, okay. I tried to file for unemployment, which they declined and, you know, kind of blackballed me saying that when it was time for me to come back, they said that I tried to sue the dealership. Wow. Very hurtful because I was so as pregnant as I was. I stayed late hours. I was on my feet, always moving. I was, you know, committed to serving these customers in their vehicle purchasing. And when that happened, they kind of put me in a hole because I was not looking for a job because in my mind I had a job set up, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was a rough few months for me because I started feeling like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not getting any calls back? I had people trying to, you know, put in resume for me and still no calls. And how I got out of it was I just really had to sit down and say to myself, this is not a bad thing. We have to change our perspective on this situation right yes. here. What is this really trying to tell me? What does this mean for me? And I thought about how I always said when I have my child, I want to be able to be present. I want to stay home with my child for as long as possible. And so I told my husband, my birthday was approaching closely. And I said to him, well, if you buy me a laptop for my birthday, I'm going to start my writing. So he actually bought it a month early for me. Actually, I think this month, sometime in November last year, he bought it for me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start my blog and I'm going to get started. And I'm going to make the best out of this opportunity that I'm home. I'm not going to force it anymore or fight it and keep trying to do something that I knew I really didn't want to go back into a full-time workforce anyway. So it right. was God saying, right. that's not really what you want. Go for what you want. And even though I was afraid, <laughs> I was very afraid because I was like, who's going to listen to me? Who am I going to get? You know, I'm not popular on social media. I don't have a lot of friends. I don't, you know, those were a lot of factors in my head. But like they were just in my head trying to limit me. That's funny you said that because I have went through that as well. And it's like a form it's like a form of high school for adults and it's like a popularity yes sometimes and what I've seen is like um the people that have like the maximum number of like followers those are people that have the most idiotic videos that are not really like they're not using their platform to yes help people rather than they're doing things to, you know, whether it be funny or be inappropriate or make jokes about people. And it's kind of like um, the people that are actually teaching healing, teaching things that are positively, uh, positive and uplifting. Um, I've noticed that they have a lot less followers or following. Um, and so I definitely get that. And so I struggle with that as well. Um, I was like concerned about who's going to listen to me and my story. Um, and I've learned that 
it will be for who it's yes. meant to be for. Um, I've had people tell me all types of stuff like how did you go on a self-love journey from losing a child and people were like oh I don't really want to hear about that but it's something that's so prominent and it's something that's you know um, that needs to be heard and same thing with unapologetic happiness um, you know being a black woman and promoting happiness is is really a big thing because I feel like a lot of black women we don't realize it but they are struggling with this aspect about choosing yes. happiness. Um, so what does self-love mean to you? And in what ways do you practice your self-care? What self-love means to me is literally not taking for granted who I am and what's inside of me and what I was created to do. Being in tune with the purpose and making sure that I'm always feeling a sense of fulfillment and joy in anything that I'm doing and taking on. Um, so some of the ways that I practice self-love is by one, protecting my space at all times, constantly, you know, focusing on fueling my mind. I take big pride in fueling my body, whether it's nutrition, fitness, yoga, meditation, things that I eat, the conversations that I'm having, the places and people that I'm around and who I'm spending most of my time with. Really staying yes, focused yes. on my sole purpose and goal and being in alignment with the things that I'm asking of from the universe. That is my biggest way of performing self-love. And um, also to piggyback off of that, this young woman is married to Black Love All Day. Her husband is a huge supporter of her project. You know, I think it's truly amazing. Yes, he is. Um, and I also wanted to um, people to acknowledge and pay attention to the fact that Shanette is also a writer as well as myself. And in our community, what we need to recognize is that there is no need for competition. And the reason why I say this is because we all have our unique um, certain unique qualities that distinguish us when it comes to our talents. And I think it's important for us. And that's the reason why I wanted to, you know, provide a resource or a platform as well for other women that are doing like minded things as, or like things like I am as far as with London's Prince to promote um, their businesses because we all, there's more than enough for all of us. And um, we all bring something different to the table. So I think it's absolutely amazing. So what do you find is the most challenging aspect of being a parent? Uh, getting sleep is number one. <laughs> number one is getting sleep. <laughs> Trying to balance your time between working and making sure that you're given enough you know time to love love on them play with them learning and things like that because I tend to wear so many hats you know not only am I a writer I'm a health and wellness coach I do personal training I do a lot of things I'm home I'm a wife I'm cooking yes. I'm cleaning I'm doing challenges of mindfulness with people. So I'm spread in a lot of different ways, but I am able to control how much of myself that I am restoring and things like that. And I also try to put in that time. At some certain points, I'll set aside a time where it's just like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit with her. And I'm going to spend time with her with reading, playing, laying down, cuddling, things like that with her. But the really the really challenging part has been sleep because she's still so young and I don't think I've had a good night's sleep since she's been born. And right, <laughs> that was right. one of the things that, you know, before I got pregnant, I had a, a, I had a good friend that she would always say, we did Urban Life together, and she would always say, girl, sleep is non-existent in this world because she has kids. So I was like, oh, no, I need eight hours of sleep. She was like, trust me, your body will adjust when you start doing things that, you know, you must do and you feel a sense of need to accomplish them. And she has never right. lied because I will be up from five in the morning and be up sometimes till 12, one, two. And I'm operating up four hours of sleep some days. 
And as the time went on, I noticed that my body adjusted. If I slept over that time, I felt so reckless. Like I could not function. So like, you really just adjust mm-hmm. and you really just tune into your purpose and you tune into, I tell you what helps, love. Focus on the love you have mm. for your child and focus on the love you have for your vision. I, I like to call them both my babies. <laughs> so you treat right. them right. equally. Of course, my human child, I treat her a little more important than this. But I also have to remind myself that I am doing it for her as well as myself. So that has only been the only challenge sleeping. So that is amazing. And and what I am constantly trying to remind women is, is that self-love is remembering that we have a purpose outside of who we do for and what we do. And um, you're constantly investing in yourself so I think that when you're putting more into yourself whether it's taking time to do your fitness or work out and do things you're pouring into your cup and that allows you to pour out to other people so um, I think it's extremely important for women to take that into account and you're right you do lose out on sleep but when you're living in your purpose and and you fall in love with Mm -hmm. what you do um you gain it, the energy. It really of it. You gain all this energy. Like, right, right. Exactly. I know I get a lot from people. They're like, how do you manage to do stuff? Because a lot of people will tell me, oh, I don't have time to read a book. That's yeah. a problem. If you only work an eight-hour job and you have children at home and you're not taking time to invest in your dreams and you're saying that you don't have time to read a book, <laughs> that's a problem. Because that means that you're not doing the mm-hmm. self-care that you need. Um, everybody, you I know you hear this a million times. How many times do you hear women tell you that they don't have Oh, time? I hear it all the time. Men, women, all day. <laughs> Nobody has time to do anything. And I'm like, do you guys know how much yeah. things I do before I make it to the gym? Like, I don't always right. want to go. But <laughs> my connection to the gym is more of an internal purpose versus the external purpose. Yes, I want to look great physically, but I want to feel great internally. So I tap into that. I don't feel like going today, but I need to go. I have to go. It's life or death that I go. And it's that. Correct. It really is. It really is. So how do you channel any type of negative energy or negativity from others? As far as like towards my brand or... It could be just towards you in general. Yeah, I've lost probably friends for not, you know, well, not say friends. I've lost a friend for not wanting to continue to think in the same headspace. Because when you start, like, really focusing and trying to evolve your mind, right, that's the first place to start. You will start to realize that some of the people that you spend a lot of time with, you are not relating to anymore because that's the only thing you had in common. If you eliminate that factor, what else, what substance is there to hold the friendship together? There's not much. And then when you're no longer interested or having that eagerness to be in that space or be around, you know, you still love the person, but it's just not on your priority to have specific conversations or be around certain things and that I think that gets taken out of context as if you know you're better than the person or things like that but it's just a matter of I just don't wish to I invite you to join me on this journey but if you're not ready I cannot force you but I cannot subject myself to where you want to stay I have to keep growing and hopefully That is so true. Um, the path to evolution can be one. And I was talking to one of my girlfriends, I think it was uh, during my last podcast, we talked about um, longevity. People pride themselves on longevity of like relationships or friendships that they have with people. And it's like, oh, I've been friends with this person for 17 years, but how was that person yes. meeting you? 
How are they feeding your soul? What are they contributing to your success? And one thing that I've noticed with me releasing the book and doing the podcast and a lot of stuff, like I've noticed a lot of people kind of distance themselves because they felt like maybe I was holding them accountable for dreams that they did not do or saw did not yes, complete themselves when I was doing this yes, that <laughs> becomes that the problem you're you're busy holding yourself accountable and they express to you their dreams and then you start trying to hold them accountable because you care and then that pushes them away because it's like I only said it I didn't need for you to be trying to you know direct me it don't keep badgering me and asking me I'll get to it when I get to it Mm -hmm. and I think what one thing that I can honestly say London's Prince has taught me or my experience with my son's fetal loss is that tomorrow's not promised and anytime that I meet someone if they're talking business I'm like okay what about tomorrow or what about today or later on today or because it's like people will be like, oh, I'll start this in six months or one year and tomorrow's my guarantee. I emphasize on that a lot in my challenges. I tell them when I give them the subjects for the week and they're, you know, things come up and, you know, it's a sense of, okay, I'll start over fresh next week. And I say to them, well, think about it like this. If you go to sleep tonight and you don't wake up, can your spirit be satisfied mm. with what you left in the world? What did you, what did you mm. create? You know, start looking at these goals as if you only have these 24 hours and you're blessed if you get tomorrow. Exactly. I stress exactly. that every day on all the challenges because I want the idea that I don't have all this time to keep starting over and stopping. I have to go in and give it 110 then if it doesn't happen, at least I know I gave 110. And primarily it's just baby steps. Um, A lot of people are like, well, how did you complete this? Or how did you do this? And I'm sure you get this all the time. Or how do you get all the time to do this? And it's just like, it's just baby steps. Take five minutes to a half an hour out of your day. You know, when I get that question, I often tell people, wake up earlier. You cannot add another six hours to the 24 hours. What? You can stretch the day by waking up early. That saying an early bird catches the worm is more true than we all seem to realize. Because the earlier you rise, the more you are able to get done. And before the day is over, you can be finished with all the things that you wanted to take on for the day. You know, it's just simple. Planning your day ahead, waking up early. Try not to procrastinate as much as you can and not to be distracted. And you're good. Wake up early. That's my answer to that question. I wake up earlier. That's great. To be honest with you, I still (laughs) struggle with that. However, on my weekends, I don't, I cannot sleep in past eight o'clock as much as I try to. I cannot. Yeah. You know, I've never been a late sleeper. I always used to wake up at 8 o'clock. Once the sun was up, I'm up. But now it's to the point where it's like, I must wake up around 5.30, 7, the latest. That's ideal for me because I can get a lot done in the first five hours of the morning and then have time to just either be a mother, do household things, stuff like that. So... Have you ever experienced the fear of happiness? So in my chapter, one of my chapters that I'm going to be talking about in this podcast is um, about fear of happiness. And it's a chapter discussing the experience of things falling um, falling into place, but you have a fear of it falling apart. So what would be your advice to someone in this situation with the, they're excited that everything's going so well? Because I think a lot of people get in that position where things are going really well, but then they start living outside of uh, the current situation or the present and they start looking towards the future of, oh, but things are going too, too good. I'm in fear of this going too well. What type of advice would you give someone in that situation? One advice for that is to be present in the current moment. Stop rushing yes. 
to get to the next level of what you don't know. Just simply be present and experience all that you can experience in that moment and being sure that your happiness or your joy is not tied to anything or anyone. But it is tied internally and everything is flowing with your internal feelings and not worrying about tomorrow or how things are going to change five years down the line, being present to the waking moment that you're in to fully enjoy it and understand what it is that you're feeling or experiencing. Because if you're busy focusing on things going wrong, then you're not enjoying this, 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 everything going well. It's like, you're like, oh my God, he's too good to be true. And you're looking for the bad stuff to come. You are not even enjoying this joy of being with someone that's the perfect guy is what you asked for because you're so busy looking for the negatives to happen and the bad things to come your way because that's what you have always created in your mind that things don't go well for you. So you tell yourself that story. So when it starts to happen, you don't even believe it. Be present. Be present in whatever joy you're experiencing. Make sure you identify that it's not because of anything or someone. It's mm. completely by choice. Correct. That is so yeah. true. Very true. And I had just two more mm-hmm. questions. So um, if you could go back and give advice to your younger self or the younger version of you, what would that advice be? Be open and not attached to anything. I used to be the type of person that I was so close-minded and anything that I had said, like I was not flexible. Whatever I had in mind, that's just what I expected to happen. So that when it didn't happen the way that I wanted it to happen, I would be like so upset, torn down about it. And it's like no recovery from it. And then I would be attached to things or people. And that when things don't work out, it's like almost hard to kind of break it and not feel so entitled to being upset or being filled with resentment. I would tell my younger self to kind of go with the flow, let it go. Be open-minded and don't attach yourself to things because you're going to get disappointed if you attach your emotions and your happiness to people or things. Right. That's amazing. And I think that that is a key thing for people to take away from this interview because um, it's the law of the (laughs) town. So... Um, we got disconnected, so we had to um, rejoin the call. And so basically before we end the call or the actual interview for the podcast, I just want you to let the listeners know, Shanette, how mm-hmm. they can obtain or how can they look for you for one? Mm-hmm. Uh, let them know your social media platforms, your websites, the products that you sell, any way that they can get in contact with you and learn more about unapologetic happiness. Awesome. I would love to. So my Facebook page is actually Shanette McNeil. And my Instagram is Unapologetic Happiness LLC. My website is www.unapologetichappiness.org. On the site is where you can read my blogs. You can request me for personal training or fitness and nutrition information. Also, my apparel is on the website as well. My email address is info at unapologetichappiness.org. And I'm actually, I just opened the registration for my 30 Days of Mindfulness Challenge, which is in the link of my bio on my Instagram. And it's also on Eventbrite as well under Unapologetic Happiness. So it would be great to have some of you guys join me for this one. It's the last one for the year. Let's end the year amazing. Okay, and then so you want to give them some I have an event coming up in January, January 5th to be exact. It will be from 4 to 8. It will be at our house, the culture. And 
It will be called Unapologetic Happiness Presents a New Year's Experience where yours truly, Kiana Fairley, will be a part of an amazing panelist group with along with other amazing individuals speaking on the things that people tend to set goals for themselves every year, just sharing how we're able to do this and how possible it is for everyone else. So once the registration is open, all of that information will be on my social media as well for everyone to register, to come out and have a wonderful evening of enlightenment, empowerment, and just informative. This is amazing. Um, Continue doing what you're doing. Keep inspiring people. Um, Keep that smile on your face. (laughs) Because it truly is um, just inspirational. And thank you for even thinking of me to be a part of that panel. People come out and support um, just two young women. Mm -hmm. There's going to be many young women of color um, really just trying to promote positivity for the city. 